Welcome to Cult Film and Review, the podcast where we discuss the films you love but no one else gets and see if they still hold up. Tonight, we're climbing into a junkyard tilt world known as Thunder Road, and we're flying back to 1985 so we can explore The Explorers, an American sci-fi family movie written by Eric Luke and directed by the great Joe Dante. So grab your snacks and oxygen tanks, and let's just start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Alright guys, so we're here to talk about The Explorers. It came out in 1985. It had a 20 to $25 million budget. It was a huge flop. It only made $9 million. Um, it's rated PG. It has a 77% of Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty decent. Uh, if you don't know, it is directed by Joe Dante. He had directed films like Gremlins, uh, Inner Space, Matinee, Piranha, Small Soldiers, and my personal favorite, The Burbs. Yes, everybody's favorite. I think we can all. I don't all know say. why. I don't know why everybody's talking yet. You haven't been introduced. <laughs> we can agree. They don't. They, they don't know me by now. <laughs> Is that a song? Is that a song? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Is it? If is it... you don't know me really? by now, you will never. never this ever, is getting all cut out. Me. Why you deep? Just woke up. no, you won't. <laughs> No, well, <laughs> it's not getting cut out, Kyle. No, they're all singing, but it's fun. Um, so we're here to discuss that movie. As always, I have Kyle Smith here. What's up? How's it going, Kyle? Going very well. How are you doing, Cody? Doing pretty good. How's your week going? Feeling pretty good about yourself today? I'm feeling fantastic. Feeling actually. confident? I had, a, I had a great week. Thank okay. you. I'm glad. I'm ready. Are you ready to talk about the Explorers? I'm so excited. Are you ready to explore, <laughs> are you ready to explore your feelings on Explorers? We can try. I'm going to not do that, but I'll explore explorers, though. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next up, we got Chris Willenbrett. Chris, how's it going? It's going a good, man. Did you have a good week? Everyone yeah. was interested to know how your week's going? Is is everyone interested to know how my week's no, going? No, I don't know. It's going okay. It's going pretty good and pretty normal. Nothing. Pretty normal. Nothing. Uh, Works going good. Works fine. Yeah. Love life's good. Yeah. Love life's awesome. Why didn't I get? Why didn't I get that question? I'm the one with the new I'm girlfriend. Just, you know, I'm mixing it up. Mixing Ooh, it up. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I quit bragging about this. Yeah, I had to drop that. I'm the one with the new girlfriend. Yeah, like that's better than yeah. an old girlfriend. I'm not the one with the yeah. old. Oh, uh, the you old. Know what? Obviously, the Chris, new news always old better. News. Kyle, the old girlfriend's doing well. So thanks. Thanks for asking. The old um, ball and chain. That's true. <laughs> All right, and then we also have Michael Salusio. Michael, how's it going? It's going well. Writing papers this week? I did. I, I am writing a film, uh, a paper. Yes, a film? about paper film? film. About film. Yeah. Film oh, what's paper. it about? What's the? Can you give the topic early? Yeah, Can you it's do about that? it's about the Chinese film market and how it's influencing Hollywood. There you go. So keep an eye out. Really for lighthearted that. stuff. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Keep an eye out for China, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> All right, guys, and I am your host, Cody Everett, and we are going to talk about Explorers. Uh, let's get into it. This is Michael's pick. Uh, Mike, why did you pick Explorers? Actually, would you tell me what Explorers is about? Oh, I thought you already did that. Nah, I said some stuff about All right, it. I'll, 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 I'll discuss it. Uh, well, it's about three kids. They get together. One is a, uh, a peeping Tom. The other is a nerd. 
And the other one just doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, he's the but he's poor. We know that. We know he's poor, and he comes from a very, a very broken family, apparently. And they build a spaceship after having a dream about a circuit board that teaches them how to fly off into space. And from there, they meet a group of aliens. And I don't know if should I give away the ending. I mean, what happens? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler alert, nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's basically what it is. So, Mike, why did you pick this film then? I picked this film because it was one of my favorite films growing up, and I wanted to discover if it was still going to be one of my favorite films. Nice. Okay. All I right. found the answer, by the way, and we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, I want to ask this question Who hasn't seen this film? I haven't. How have you not seen this? It's not having cable. Here comes the not having cable story. I don't know if that's the reason why. Would that be the reason why? I feel like I feel I feel like I've seen most all the films like these kind of these kind of uh, kid films from the 80s. Everything on everything else on Joe Dante's list I've seen. So, I can't honestly tell you why I haven't seen this one. I never even heard of it before. Never heard of The Explorers? Probably cuz What about River Phoenix? Yes, of course I've heard of River Phoenix. Like The Stand by Me is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Not The Explorers? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it was his first role. It was his debut role. It was. Good. Uh, along good with Ethan Hawke, I think. I think it was Ethan yeah. Hawke's first. No, they're fantastic. And not to jump ahead, but they're really good. I thought even Ethan Hawke was as weak as he is nowadays. Get out of here. You're crazy. <laughs> I think he's a good actor. He's on less he's drugs. All right. in this he's okay. Movie. <laughs> yeah, he's on less drugs. <laughs> well, <laughs> fucking like 10. He's still on drugs. Hey, he's they started less. early in the 80s. Hmm. I'd never seen this movie. Okay. Hold on. This is your first first time seeing this movie too. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep, yep. It was. I I think I might have heard Cousins. of it. Might have heard of it, but I had cable and I never saw it on cable. You know what I think? I think this film. I and I don't know if this goes into uh, how much it made. I'm assuming this is just the box office numbers. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of those films that really benefited from VHS and it and, did. and movie. Yeah. It did. Definitely. Like I think that's when it got caught popular because when I saw this, I mean, I probably was like eight or nine, but like I remember it was on VHS. And uh I probably ran the reels out on this movie <laughs> as well, a kid. And a lot of other people did too because it's honestly where I think it's made the bulk of its money was on video. Okay. Yeah. And broadcast. Yeah. You know, being on TV. Um which again, didn't have cable, never saw this movie on there, but apparently it did well. So let me ask you this question. As adults seeing this movie for the first time, I guess, what was your I guess, what was your take on it? Because as a kid, you watch this movie, and it's fantastical. At least as, to me, it was. Like, as a kid, I was like, holy crap, they're going to space. They're meeting aliens. This is nuts. They built their own spaceship. You want me to get my review right now? No. I, I, I mean, honestly, like, having be, being a huge fan of, like, all these other movies, these, like I already said, once, Stand By Me, Goonies, all these, all these other kind of kid adventure films, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Just felt like it, 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 it felt like it fit with the rest of those films. Now, like the the back thirty minutes of this movie is another is another discussion that we can have later on in the show. But I mean, overall, like I don't need to be a kid to appreciate it because those movies still stay like call to my inner child like going out on an adventure building some kind of fucking stupid thing in the middle of the, the in the creek or the desert where we're at but yeah quick giveaway our location <laughs> <laughs> we are in some de- I didn't say I didn't say what kind of desert it could be an could be an icy tundra. It could oh, be it could oh. be an ice desert. We're in oh. the Gobi Desert, everybody. We're in an igloo right now. We're in the middle of India. It's cold as fuck. <laughs> Chris, well, I mean, 
being an adult, seeing this for the first time, did you? So you didn't have any. What were your expectations going into this? Well, my expectations were high because I thought I was um, going into it. At, I thought I was going to come out maybe feeling the same way I feel about the Goonies or ET or uh, one of those films. I know they're not. It wasn't as big of a film, but I thought, oh, they probably captured that same kind of magic that those films had. The Kid Adventure Story. And yeah, and I'm sorry, but like to another point, like we just had this style of show come out on Netflix, which is Stranger Things. So mm-hmm. again, I was even more excited when I found out what kind of film it was. Like, oh, it's a kid adventure film. Judging by the original poster art, I'm like, oh fuck, like this could be like the distant brother to Stranger Things, a show on Netflix. But you know, so I went into it very open minded and very excited to see it because I fucking love these style of movies. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah? Yeah, I got a working again. Everybody's at the movies. Get over here right now. Well, what is it? Jeez. You know, Ben, you were such an obsessive person, and that drives me crazy. Because you can't get emotional if you're going to study anything scientifically. Now, what we have here, as near as I can tell, is an electrically generated point of force. What? By typing in coordinates, I can make it move anywhere in three dimensions. All right, so Mike, you... Like me, saw this as a child, yes. then, right? Yeah, yeah. So you saw it with the same wonderment that I guess I did when, as a child, right? Like I, I saw this movie, and I remember as a kid being very much uh, in love with this movie. Yeah, let me let me talk about the wonderment that I have with this film in general. Um, so the uh, uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, Ben, he's wearing a uh, a members only jacket, like a tan members only like windbreaker jacket. Yeah, he is. Uh, I fucking owned that jacket. I <laughs> went out and made my parents buy that jacket. Uh, I love that jacket. Um, I love that jacket too. So I'm glad your parents let you buy that. I probably tried to act like Darren <laughs> at school, like like just like you know whatever with your dirt with your dirt bike. What's that? With your dirt bike? No, my parents wouldn't let me own a, a dirt bike, but um, I definitely wanted to be Darren. Like I remember. I remember watching this film and thinking that he was the coolest kid I'd ever seen in my life. Which was his floppy Converse and his like big oversized clothes, and he's just kind of like the like the punk, like the little punk kid. Did you want to be the punk kid? Yeah, no, no, definitely. I, I, I think it's that opening scene where Ben's getting the shit kicked out of him by that bully. Right, right, right. And he just kind of stands up to this kid, like, "Hey, man, leave him alone!" Like. It's almost like he already had a reputation too walking into that scene. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows Darren, he's kind of like a fucking loose cannon. Like nobody knows what the fucking <laughs> deal with about this kid. And he just kind of tells him like, "Hey, get off him." And it's weird, the bully doesn't he kind of like it looks like he's a li- he has a little bit of reverence towards this kid. Steve Jackson, you mean? Steve Jackson. Yeah. Yes. Um he looks to him and he and he, and he seems like he has a little bit of fear. And then he kicks him and then kind of runs off, you know? He kicked him good though. He kicked him a good. He gave him a good. Let me a, ask a good swift what, boot. Yeah, but yeah. what I mean, what's there be to be afraid of of a Steve Jackson when you're you're just going home and you're getting beat up anyways? Because I mean, he makes the references like he says, "I'm good at running away because you know, I had to learn how to run away from from my dad." Yeah, I, well, I think that's where a lot of this. That's like the darker part of this story. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they don't really they they touch they on a little bit, breeze over, but Darren. they breeze over it. Yeah, I don't know if his father is abusive. Or just a drunk, 
Or, like, I don't know what's going on. We know that he comes from a kind of a broken home. He talks about, like, oh, my dad's girlfriend. Like, I guess she's fucking cool. (laughs) I guess she's cool. But, like, he's definitely, like, a neglected, right? It has to be he's neglected to some extent. I think we could have found this out if he got, if Joe Dante got to make his version of this film. Because it sounded like he goes more into the interpersonal relationships of the kids in his version. But because the studios made him cut it so you know, cut it down so fast, he didn't get to put yeah, that part in that, there. That's the crazy thing is like he did not get to finish this film. He's not happy with this film. He's not a fan of this film. Mm-mm. He says when he looks at it, he only sees the film he wanted to make. I, I believe yeah. that there there has to be. I mean, from what I from what I've heard, there is at least three hours of footage that he had down that he wanted to work with, mm-hmm. and I mean, cut cut it down to what an hour and a half. Yeah, like half of that was left on the cutting room floor. And I'm curious it, to see what that might in be. In today's day and age of director's cut, why hasn't he revisited it? He lost then? the footage, I believe, is lost. If I, think I'm not he looked, I think he has looked for it and couldn't recover it for mm. some reason. I would absolutely love to see where this movie was supposed to go because, I mean, and we'll get into it, but th- there are glimpses of what this film, I feel like, was trying to kind of touch on and it's just glossed over real quickly. Right. A prime example is um, I read that the, in the drive-in scene, the t- the guy and the girl that are in the car, that's supposed to be, I believe, Ethan Hawke's older brother, but they never get to develop it. Oh, because, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I remember there's one scene where he mentions, like, that me and my brother used to come down here before he became a douchebagger. He said some, some bullshit like that. Yeah. And it was just like, I was like, he has a brother. He doesn't exist in any scenes in the movie or is referenced to as his brother his at all. His mom is, uh, what, Carol, uh, do we... Anyhow. She's... She, she, She's a famous actress. Like, she's a famous character actress. But she's uncredited in this film. But you recognize her as soon as you see her. And But, like, that's you don't know about his dad. You don't know about I, anything about his family. Like, Ben's whole... whole The only people that you get to see are Wolfgang's family. Yep, yep. yep that's, that's the it. only person... People and his family. See. I mean, they got a bunch of kids. They're German. <laughs> Who's his mom? Who plays his mom? She's in everything. Uh, I can't say her on. name. Yeah, that's I can't say one. her name. It's something very strange. It's Dana Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! It's well, very odd. Well, James, <laughs> very weird. James Com- Cromwell is is a really popular. Oh, I very love famous. James. Cromwell. I love him. He's, yeah, he's and he plays actors. the father. But I mean, there's those actors that pop up in things that you're just like you forget about them completely until they show up, and you're like, oh yes, that dude's in it, and he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So here's here's my question for you guys uh, too. I want to ask this question. What makes Explorers a cult film? Because my after rewatching this, like a lot of people love this movie, um, and I gotta say, I think it's because of basically the actors, the kid actors, uh, Ethan Hawke and uh, River Phoenix. I like because it's hard to go back as as like an adult and be like, this is really enjoyable to watch. Except for I, I believe. Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix's performance for me, at well, he, least. So we just touched on James Cromwell, and even though he's playing this very, very um, over-the-top German scientist father type, but he's still an enjoyable character to watch when he's on when he's on screen. Um, the character uh, portrayed by Darren, even though Darren doesn't have as I wouldn't say he doesn't have as much screen time, but I feel like he has way more presence than Ethan Hawke or. Or uh, River Phoenix do in terms uh, of character, like when he's it, when he's not talking, I feel like he's he has more energy there. Best character in the movie, hands down, is Wolfgang. <laughs> he I is really know. good. Dude, he's I, fantastic. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna agree. Fantastic. I'm gonna agree with. I'm gonna agree with. 
with Kyle on this one. I I, I think that uh, I, Darren's I character is highly overrated. I think he really brings underrated. Oh, underrated. Yes, correct. I'm sorry. I think it's <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a it's a performance that is um it it has the most humanism to it. Like I guess the most uh is most real feeling. Yeah, feeling. it feels because like a real. He feels like a real human being. You don't see a whole lot about his family, but he still feels like he's coming from a broken home. He like everything he says and the way he delivers his lines is kind of with this like I don't know. It's got like the the this glossy mask over it where he's kind of like created this wall of defense against everybody because of the world he came from or the home he comes from. So mm-hmm. he just seems like the most dynamic and deep character, and he's the only one out of the out of any character in the film that I wish I knew more of. Well, he's the one who's given the most backstory too. I mean, Wolfgang's probably second most, and oddly enough, Ben being the the third, the main character being the third. Yeah, but but but, but that's not saying much. Saying get, he's given the most backstory because honestly, well, like what, he has like maybe one or two or three extra lines, and the other guys do. But no, like, but he's given the more backstory of like you know what his family situation likes at home. You know it's a negative situation. Like he's given the most. Yeah, but you, you sympathetic. Yeah, but qualities. But out you of know, any yeah. of the kids. but you know, but you know of all of those those qualities and traits you just named off of the other kids. You know exactly how Wolfgang's family is because most like the first half of the movie takes place like a lot in his house. And you see his entire family life, and then going back to to Ben, like when we're with Ben, like that just even though he only has like one or two scenes with his mother, like. You can you you can get a very good impression of he comes from a very loving and nice home, like it just those characters seem cookie cutter in some weird way, weird sense of the word. But whereas Darren was like that was somebody that had fucking character motivation. He had depth. And that's why I think he's so the best did, character. No I, no, I think that so, but you can say the same thing about Wolfgang. Wolfgang had character and he had depth. The one with the least amount, like I said, is the main character, which is very odd, which is Ben. Kind of. He, he He's the sense of wonderment of the group, I think. He's yeah. the one that, I mean, he obviously he's is the, the one driving that, force. that gets targeted with the dreams, unless, I mean, well, there's somebody else that actually gets targeted. We can talk about the fan theory on that one. But um, Wolfgang is definitely we get the most of what Wolfgang's life is like, right? Mm. And it, it, you're right. I, I agree with you, Kyle. It's a little cliche, right? He comes from the science background, so of course he's dressed in a fucking bow tie going <laughs> to school, and then he gets his ass kicked by by bullies because hey, that's it's the '80s, so why not? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I feel like he's more of a caricature, right. whereas like Darren is like a, a real. D- d- I, it, it's something that I feel like maybe Joe Dante wanted to touch on. But like we said, we never see the father. We never see his family. We never see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been a serious. This could have been a very serious thing. To, yeah. tie, to kind of tie back into my question though, of like what makes this a cult film, then is it? The, that's what I'm saying. Is it the kid actors? Because I don't think it's the. I don't know if it's the story. I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think it. It's because it has the Amblin feel to it, but it's not an Amblin film. No, it has that all. Gremlins feel, that Goonies feel. It's one of the, it's like how do I put I, it? But it doesn't it doesn't though at the same time. As a kid see, as a kid, you probably did think it though. Um, I would disagree with you, Cody, because yeah, I think it does have that feel for the first forty five to fifty minutes. It definitely does. But it, it as soon as their ship takes off and they go into space, like the film changes tone completely. But to go back to your question, what makes it a cold film, like I mean, honestly, I, I think it's I, I think it's one of those movies that just that lasted longer than its shelf life than it should have because of VHS, <laughs> because of home video. That's it. Like, 
it had a renaissance on home video and that's what's kept it alive like if you it, if you're just going off movie theater like numbers and fucking this this film should be dead well i'm not going off movie theater numbers i'm just saying like for me it's like going back and watching this it's like man i i i mean i get i get why certain characters are popular and stuff like that in this film because these these characters are kind of in a way uh iconic adventurous and fun right especially the three main characters they're they're right. fun you want to be them as a kid mm-hmm. you want to you want to fly into space and explore things and and meet aliens that are going to hit on you so, you know we're all weird kids like that uh <laughs> well I, that's why i wish i could watch this through child eyes because i feel like maybe that's where the cult status comes from is i agree yeah kids who saw this on video in the 80s and then grew up and were like this is such a bizarre movie, but it has, yeah, like what you said, the Amblin feel to it, and mm-hmm. it has the kid adventure story. It's got kind of, it's got all the right makings of a uh, a, a good family adventure film. Yeah, um, but it maybe falls into the cult realm because it's not quite as good as the ones that we well, all that's weird, <laughs> really well, that's, latch onto. I, I do want to note something that I feel um, I did say in a previous episode, and I want to go back to it because I think it has something to say about where the cult status of this comes from. And that is where it's steeped in nostalgia, right? So we did my science project. Mm -hmm. And I want to say I pretty vividly remember saying at the end of my rating, there are films that do this better, uh, Explorers being one of them, about this idea of children going out and doing things. But namely, my, 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 my reasoning for that was that these were real child actors versus I felt like my science project was more adults playing kids. Um... Kyle, you loved my science project growing up. I had never seen my science project. So seeing as an adult, my first instinct was like, this movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> well, that's kind of, I mean... <laughs> and I, and I, feel, yeah, I, I do feel like Explorers does some things better than my science project, but I also see some things on your side. Seeing my science project as an adult, even though I've seen it hundreds of times as a kid, yeah, I can easily identify, like, mm, this movie kind of looks like shit, but... And that that's definitely more of a nostalgic thing. I'm always watching it with my child eyes. Like this movie, I'm seeing it for the first time at fucking 29, and I appreciate what's happening in the first 45 minutes. I appreciate the fact that it's a kid adventure film, and it does it very, very fucking well. It does mm-hmm. it a very good job. So I don't think that like the cult. I don't. I don't think the cult film status is going to be 100 percent coming from this younger audience that grew up with it because. This film translates way better to an adult audience than my science project would, for sure. You think? Do you think this one because translates I, better? Yeah, I actually. No. Uh, the I first, was gonna actually. I, agree. I would say the first forty, the first, yeah, the first forty-five minutes of this film translates translates better as my science. What, can my I ask you? Project. I want to ask you a question. I gotta know this. What's wrong with the last thirty minutes of the film? <laughs> okay. Are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna it, get into that in yeah. one word? Why no, not? Why not? Kidding. I mean, we have to get to it All eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, my problem with the back half of the film is it completely and totally changes tone from the moment they land on the spaceship. It stops being a, like, the, the thing that's great about kid adventure films is, like, like Chris brought up a good one is E.T. There's this feeling of discovery and wonderment and your imagination that, that comes to play. Like, when they land on the spaceship, it's very, like, feels thrown in there. It doesn't feel like it's supposed to be. And knowing now that Joe Dante wanted a different film, I don't know what aspects he wanted differently, I got to hope that the back half would have been a little more fleshed out. But it just, from the, the, the alien doing, like, all the TV voice and stuff, it just, I feel like I went from watching a 
kid adventure film with some dramatic elements to like I don't know, some kind of shitty comedy, I guess. Like shitty <laughs> uh, no, I know, I know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I know exactly just... what you're saying. I felt like the movie went from Goonies to Little Monsters real Thank quick. you. That's, that, that summed <laughs> up quick. my very long yeah. I don't have a right problem there. with either of those films. No, I don't either. The but... prob- no, I think the real issue with it was the pacing of it. Honestly, I thought that some of the stuff that was happening was really cool and interesting, but it seemed like they were trying to stretch it out. I feel like this movie could have been maybe 10 minutes shorter than it I mean, it's it, not it that is. long, though. It's an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, I That's mean, a I long guess you could movie. do a, an hour and 35. I guess you could. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I, it loses steam. It's so adventurous in the beginning, and then it goes into them just wandering around some fucking place. I, like, I feel like I, right. I feel like I, I embodied Ben's disappointment with getting to that spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I can describe it. He was so disappointed with the aliens that he met, and I was too. And I feel like, just speaking to the character of Ben... I feel like, I'm not going to say he's a bad actor, but I feel like in terms of all of the parts in that film, the last 30 minutes, I felt were the most believable. And I have to assume it's because Ethan Hawke's like, what the fuck are we shooting? Like, <laughs> this is not what was in Well, the he's script. a kid. I doubt he probably had that feeling. But, I but mean, I'm sure he had some kind of there, some kind of feeling like that. But I, but we can talk about it, too, in, in terms of his characterization, because there's something we haven't discussed is the fact that Ben is a huge sci-fi nerd. Huge sci-fi nerd. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he shows up, and he sees these aliens, and he he has this idea of this sense of wonderment. And not only that, I, I think it's something we can also talk about on this on, on this podcast, because there have been films that we have um, been really uh, addicted to based on uh, as fans, but then we realized that maybe they weren't that great. Um, I feel like it's the same thing with him, especially when those aliens finally tell him, like, I mean, but look at all this shit. Like, of course you're going to shoot us when we get there. Well, yeah, wouldn't you look at him, right? If we're gonna bring up that scene, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm lo- gonna say that was a pa- that was actually a pretty powerful scene. It's a very powerful I, I, scene. I like that, that scene a lot. In there. But it's so good because he is really making a statement. Like it's an argument that people have in their heads. You know what I mean? It, uh, the alien assumes one thing about one person, and they're like, "No, no, no, we're not like that. We don't really kill people. Well, we do kill people, but we, you know, we really don't. We're not like this." And you know, the aliens distrusting of him. And I thought that was kind of, uh, or not of him, but of, of his race. Yeah. He says yeah. he trusts the kids and that's why they were brought to them. But I, I think that's just a powerful moment in the film. Probably one of the only ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. That's my problem with it too. Is like, that was the message. Like they were like, we need a message for this film. And they just threw it in like the last 10 minutes. Cause I watched it and I didn't find it that powerful. I was like, this is so atypical bullshit. Hold, hold on. I don't think that's the message of the film at all. What is it that we're in the Matrix? No, no not at all. I, I think. <laughs> are I think, you awake? Or are you I, sleeping? I, I think yeah. that everything comes together as soon as they say. As soon as Darren realizes, he's like, they're fucking kids, and the reason why is because. So you, here's where I think Dante probably wanted to go with this film and didn't get to flesh it out. Okay. Every one of these kids, Ben, Darren, and Wolfgang, are outcasts. They find friendship in the three of this this tripod that they've created. Right, these kids up in space are also loners, and they're reaching down to Earth to like basically, essentially find friends. They have no fucking friends. They're in the cold vastness of space, mm-hmm. and the only thing they have to go on is movies. Which is there we go with Ben. He finds solace in fucking sci-fi films. Right, right. And I think that's where the film was su- probably supposed to go. I, was yeah. that these were kids, and they were trying to reach down and try to grab these kids because. 
okay, so I'm going to get into the fan theory here. So Dick Miller, he's the, he's the helicopter pilot, right? Uh, love him. He's in a ton of Joe Dante, Joe Dante films. films, right? Yeah. This is something that is a line in this film that it comes out of nowhere and it really leads to a lot of shit where he says on the phone, he's just like, man, it's just, you know, I haven't had dreams like this since I was a kid. Which leads me to believe that these aliens that were up there have been shooting these messages down to Earth for a very long time, looking for just someone to just, like, come up and hang out with them for a little bit. Figure out how to build a spaceship. Yeah, exactly, because it, 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 it's weird that, that that line is thrown in there to a character that's pretty much a throwaway character. He's, only, he's not on the screen for that long. I agree with the fact that, like, oh, like... The 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 twist moment is that these are just kids or these kid these are kids. Yes, I agree with that. But like you're the whole theory where like they're equally loners and shit. Like I don't I don't see that at all. I don't, well, wait I don't get that. I don't so see he, that. Then here's my question: Why are they Why are they beaming down messages down to Earth? Because they do nothing but watch TV, and they probably have always wanted to meet. They say specifically, we've always wanted to meet a human, but we're too scared to actually go down there. So we're being messaged in hopes that maybe one of you can figure out how to build what we're sending you, and then you'll come meet us. But why are they doing? Why are they doing it against their parents' wishes? Why? Like why? Why? Why go through all of this effort? I think they took the spaceship without their parents' wishes. Let me ask you this: If uh, you had a rat in your kitchen, and you're in your kitchen with your mom, and you see the rat. Yeah, would your mom go, hey, Mike, go play with that rat? No. No, she would. Yeah. Wait, no, I, I just don't understand this how will that... Let him, let him finish. Come on. He's done. Well, no, he makes oh, the that point. that was it? You, you <laughs> look weird to me. I look weird to you. You know, well, that, no, like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Wait, yeah. where does this analogy even relate well, to what, what we're what talking say, about? What I'm saying is... A rat is, is a vermin. They didn't... The father doesn't the father, even... Humans are vermin the to father them. Clearly, exactly. Where, where do you get that Where do you get that idea? The father gets extremely... Well, my dad's... I've never seen him this pissed before because they're hanging out with humans. Like, they've obviously known I don't, about I humans. I didn't get that at all they, from that. was an exact scene. line. Yeah. That was an exact line. They, that I, I'm hanging out with humans? Dude, yeah. yeah, because... You don't he, think that that... that she th- makes a comment. The girl one makes a comment about uh, Wolfgang, and he's like, Wolfgang! And he goes off about being his daughter being in a relationship with a human. Well, So it's obviously on. that they've known about us for a while. <laughs> obviously. They've been and watching that, our TV. Exactly. And they've been watching our TV for a while. So it's one of those things It's like, you can't go see the humans. This is something we've warned you about because they'll kill us. Look how violent their society yeah, is. Yeah, but I don't right. think a rat is trying to kill me. That's a completely different thing than a vermin. I'm not saying that's how they look at it. I'm just saying that's how they look at it. We're not, look, we're not the same species. Well, I want to bring up, while we're talking about this scene, the talking that the aliens do, which are just repeated lines from TV shows that they've watched. Yes. I, I read that was supposed to be a joke, but it didn't really land. For some reason, like well, I didn't, I didn't get it because I got when he was doing it, like he was performing. But then, like at the end, when he's when he's telling, like, no, you got to go. Like, was everything he was saying to him like something he saw on TV and all in the same voice by happenstance? Well, no, like that's the thing. Like, it wasn't funny. So that scene, he was supposed to be quoting TV shit, but no, he was quoting TV shit the whole time. He literally was. But the end scene when he's telling them, no, 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 you, you have to go. Wow, my dad's never been so like. What fucking TV is he quoting where no, no, all he, of that no, shit... He, he does speak in a real voice. That's his real voice? Because I feel like he'd been using that voice no, all well, that Well, it's that, and I, what I... Actually, there is one joke that I think is fucking hysterical where he talks about Lassie, and he's just like, I'm watching this furry kid the whole time, and you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, he could roll over really good, but did he deserve an entire show for it? Like, I thought that was hysterical. That is his voice. 
Okay. So there is that makes more sense. That's I guess. the that's the best line that yeah. he has. But that whole, it's the only good line. I that think whole has. speech, man. I want to blow my brains out. I'm like, this isn't funny, and it goes on forever. Well, I mean, to credit a little bit, um, Ben does make a point where he's like, we laughed at all your jokes, even the stupid ones. <laughs> I think he makes a point to say that like you're not very funny. Like well, you're not, you're a bad stand-up comedian. Well, no, because I, I go back to I go back to with these guys. I think Ben's just as disappointed as the audience is when you meet them. Like it's a very disappointing like to meet it's them. A, I think if, I feel it like is. it's a really disappointing ending to a film that had so much amazing potential. Let's you know what? Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the technical stuff, and I want to talk about just the creature design in general, also. The Thunder Road. Okay, so I wanted to talk about some of the uh, technical aspects. I want to talk about some of the, the effects. I hate the, the, the ship design. Does anybody else hate the ship design? As a, as a kid, no. As a kid, I fucking loved it because it was like the idea of building a Lego ship. and fly- Like a Lego ship looks shitty because it's made of fucking Legos. Yeah. I mean, not nowadays Legos. With like ninjetis or whatever the fuck they have going <laughs> on. Ninjetis. What do they call it? It's like Ninjago or whatever. What? It is. No, I like Ninjetti better. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole like line of Legos that like have these specialized it's parts. Like... But back in the day, it was just fucking blocks, right? So you just built shit the way you wanted to. And I felt like this piece kind of had that '80s feel of like yeah. your trash doing... can on the front. Yeah, trash can on the front, and maybe a trunk top on the top. I thought Grouch I... was gonna pop out. I, li- I honestly, I, I really liked the spaceship design because it felt like something I would have built as a fucking kid mm, i didn't mind it at all really? i thought it was cool yeah i, I did however like if we're talking about effects like i don't i i wouldn't <laughs> i liked the little sphere when it was small it was it was very believable when it was small but when they blew it up to human size to carry a kid it's just like cool like there was a couple scenes where i'm like this looks like the green screen from uh race to witch mountain the original one. <laughs> yeah, yeah like it looked so bad it the, the, so the, bad the special effects look I mean, I, uh, maybe they were good for their times. I don't even. Well, they didn't age gracefully. Yeah, they don't age gracefully at all. The Damn. creature design. It looks like bad Tron. It was it, like Industrial it, Light it, Magic did this, it right? It did yep. look like bad. It Tron. is. It is their first really? film. This oh. was their first. This is their first. Luke, they cut their George teeth on Lucas Explorers. Uh, Industrial Light and Sound. Yeah. This is their first. This is the first time they ever. Well, I. They got better. Knowing that, <laughs> I'm not. Bu- I'm not bummed about it. I mean, it's pretty cheesy, but overall, like. I felt like there were some scenes where I could see like a split screen thing going on that there, was two different blacks, you know. Yeah, Wack and his parents and his sister—they—they they, don't get me wrong—they are done creatively. It's just not my favorite look for an alien. Yeah, I, I feel like their look. Maybe that's what I didn't like about the last half. I feel like their look didn't match the tone of the film. Well, I get that they're supposed to be non-threatening, right? I get that because it's a family film. But at the same time, it's like they just look sweaty. Yeah, they look really greasy. Okay, can, can do you I, think, sorry, Mike. Oh no, no, go ahead. I said, do you think they look too silly? 
Like, yes, because yes. I, I almost wanted just a regular, like, gray alien, you know, just well, a, cl- a classic. Almost. Uh, well, it almost fits its character, though, too, of, like, how wacky. That's for the four-year-olds that uh, watch that's, this movie. That's how, <laughs> that's how I felt with their, their character. Yeah, it was design. like, like and Except for the sister who was just, what, that whole, like, weird I don't know. What was that about? relationship thing? What was that about? All of a sudden, all of a sudden fucking Wolfgang gets up there and he's fucking but Casanova. I noticed th- there's a lot of weird sexual thing, uh, Yeah. Like the peeping Tom aspect, right? Big time with Wolfgang ben. and the alien. And he and wants then, to fuck that alien and she wants to fuck him. And then, yeah. And then uh, Darren's always talking about, like, naked chicks. Yeah, he's, chicks he's, naked. He, it's, it's almost like he, th- that... That wasn't his which first I get, rodeo. Which I get as a teenage boy, that's what you talk about, right? But it, like, come on, bro. Who? Which one of us sitting here is going to see... Probably Chris. Which one of us sitting here <laughs> is going to look at that alien chick and be like, you know what? I, I, would, I, would not, I would not give that to Chris. Sorry. No, I don't think anybody no, here would. Maybe would Mike. Oh, He's staying no. awfully quiet. Chris would do it. No. Dirty Chris. That's what we call him. Dirty alien fucking Chris. Know. People don't know when we're when we're, pl- we're prepping for the show. That's what we call him. We call him DC. So, Dirty Chris. Well, I, I want to that. talk about the the alien thing. There, there was a, there is one film that he actually does direct that I kind of feel relates to it a little bit, and that's Twilight Zone. If I'm not mistaken, I think he directs the one where the cartoon comes to the. I think you're right. Where the kid comes in, and then the cartoon and the Tasmanian Devil actually comes through the television screen. I feel like Joe Dante, if anything, has this weird obsession with creating what essentially are cute creatures in a very almost nightmarish kind of way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but more on the side of cuteness. Right. You know? Right. Dude, either, gotta dude. keep it PG. You gotta keep it PG. Like, these, these aliens are ugly and fat and kind of, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're, just, they're just like, they're weirdly shaped. Mm. They're like scary silly. Well, they represent yeah. America. <laughs> so a clown. They represent America. An American Spice Girl. And you think it was like a like a like a Wally thing? It was like a Wally. <laughs> they, re- yep, they represent Americans. Well, the girl, the, the woman, the, the girl, the really the the Americans on the spaceship didn't represent the Americans. <laughs> yeah, right. It was the aliens. <laughs> yeah, we just want to shoot everything. <laughs> but the girl was very like Betty Boopish. She yeah, was. No, yeah, no, I, better Jessica no, Rabbit. I, yeah, I, yeah, and I almost felt like honestly, uh, just the whole Americans thing was a joke. But the, I almost I felt like Whack was a little bit like um, Slimer in a way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I got that impression. With like the a neck weird, and yeah, and then weirdly, and a cricket too with his butt or something like some sort of bug. I don't, I don't know what know. that. That it's like a slug butt. He had a weird butt. And like, here's a question. I have a question. Okay, so this is the weird thing. That fucking robot, the spider robot. Yeah, the gropy spider robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a weird scene. From, like it was a from, weird from Johnny Quest. Yeah, I feel like they stole a lot of it from. What is it? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, the, the thing that comes yeah. out and then it's like cute, but at the same time like slightly menacing. Mm-hmm. And then it just like disappears. Like, well, what was that thing for? Hold on. What about it was? It was to. Ba- I, I think it was to basically Secu- scan them yeah. and security to see if they were a threat or not. Mm-hmm. No, it's to get. It's to decontaminate them from the germs. They say it in the movie. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's not true because only yeah. that can't be true because because only two out of the three actually got approached by the by the. No, they, I think when they slid down the slide through the mist, that was decontamination. You don't know what happens to you know where I thought the decant de- de- decontamination was was uh, when they were in the ship and the electric thing came out and they're like, we got to get out of here. We got to get like they were saying that. Mm. You know, like the thing twists around and then all of a sudden, it's like, 
switched. Oh yeah, and it and it, and it blasts the energy into it while yeah, it's rotating. That's how I took okay, it. Okay, yeah, um, I get that. I thought the spider thing was like a security bot of some sort. I because that's I why can, that's why it was patting it down and had like the red and red and blue sirens. And I shit. have a. Uh, I think the weird thing about it all is is uh why why does the robots that the aliens create also want to fuck humans? I don't know. That's really weird. That's a really weird thing when it takes the picture out and it just like whistles. <laughs> Oh, it's cute, Mike. Yeah, it's, for the it's kids. supposed to be cute. I get it. Maybe this is an '80s thing because that spider was so terrifying. That yeah, they that had, was not cute at all. They that they, they had sucked. to. Uh, yeah, no, that there was, was terrifying. so many moments. Well, the that whole were weird. The, that's the other thing too is like I didn't get either. It's like the whole. You, you're right. The whole 30 minutes does take a, a weird change to the end too, because the whole atmosphere of the ship is like this dark, creepy, yeah. scary place, and then like you meet them and you're like, oh, they're idiots. Yeah, it's so weird because like. It looks really weird and dark and dirty. It looks kind of like industrial. It looks kind of like industrial, what is it, like the alien ship, but like not at all. Like and then you pro th- then scary. then you've got this spider thing that's coming at you, and it's like, oh, this is really creepy. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's patting him down, and and, and I'm just sitting there watching. Like I, I think I actually paused it at that point, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I went and had a cigarette, and then I came back and continued watching it, but it. it it's just the tone. It can't find its its own voice. I feel like the film, the last thirty minutes, doesn't know what it wants to be. Well, because the aliens come out, and there's not much you can do with them as far as I think character development. I you really could have don't. done a lot more, but well, they stuck but you to can't like because they're so goofy. They, they banked on. Goofy. They banked. I feel like they banked on one joke of like, oh, they only speak in movies, and it just doesn't work. Like, well, I don't know, Chris. Do you think their look works? No, they looked not not for me. It doesn't. Um, like I said, like I I would have rather had them be a little less silly. Well, that's the other thing too. Is like, well, why was the dad a giant, and why did he have arms instead of antennas? Well, he was a grown up, so he was probably bigger. They probably get to that size when they yeah. grow up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Whack and the father look alike. Uh, I did find it weird that the girl had different. Like, I mean, like maybe we, she takes we, after the mother. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe the mother has like these wide set eyes that come out of their head. Like I thought it was kind of weird. It maybe was, it's like, like interspecies relationship. Like the father married another species, and he was like disowned by his family for doing it, and, and that's why he he's so hard on his kids. And now. all of them want to fuck humans, apparently. Because <laughs> I don't understand. Fan theory. All right, here's a question for you. What are we rating this man, Jammer? What dreams are made of? <laughs> <laughs> Deal. So easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I could do anything. Yeah, just do a cloud. <laughs> hey, can we talk Clouds. about that? What do you what what do you think that was? The ending? Yeah, what is that? I think they're just adding more people into the dream. I think this all really happened and they're just adding more people into the like, dream. Like do you think I think I think they went back for reshoots because they're like, uh, we're still coming in a little short. Like No, it, it was like we have I a feel week. like that whole scene with the girl floating though. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I feel like that Probably in like in a different cut, probably occurred earlier in the film. Another theory I have for that weird ending where they're floating through the sky is I think that I wonder if they had the balls to think they would get a sequel out of this. No. It leaves it open ended for a sequel. I wonder if he did think, like, of course, this is going to be a mega hit. And of course, I'm going to shoot something that leads to a sequel. Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, just, just get it cut and edited and just let you have to skip through. And he was like, oh, fuck. I mean, I guess I'll kind of throw a Hail Mary. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. He's, he's, maybe he's throwing it in there like, maybe people will be excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. What are we uh, rating it? Are we doing that Field now? of Dreams. 
The stuff that dreams that are made of. Field of Dreams. The stuff just, it's just like a cover art for Kevin Field of Dreams. Yeah. It's Kevin Gosner. It's his father. It's just he a shows baseball up. diamond and corn. I told you if you built it, they would come. The I'm things here. that dreams are made of. Chris! I'm going to give this three and a half amulets. It wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought the pacing was off. I thought some of the some of the storytelling was off, and that is apparent. Um especially after reading that he didn't get to make the fil- film he wanted to make, it became even more obvious. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I would probably watch this again and give it another shot, but for now, it just it's it didn't do a whole lot for me. But I, I can still say I did enjoy the kid adventure aspect of it. The, the first 40 minutes or so of the film, 40, 50 minutes, pretty good. Once it hits the alien part, I was disappointed, a little let down, and I think the ending was just slapped together. All right, I'll go next. I'm going to give it three. Um, I think this is one is if you watch as a kid and you go back, it, it does kind of suffer a little bit. Pacing is kind of, to me, off. Last 30 minutes aren't that great. Creature design kind of sucks. The characters, I feel like, are a little annoying also. I just wish, dude, like half the time that, that aliens on screen whack is talking, I'm like, it doesn't translate for an adult. I feel like for as a kid, yeah, probably, but I just don't find him funny. I don't think his jokes are funny. And that's kind of like a big, important character, I feel like, in the movie to be successful. Um, you know, I love this director, but this is probably my least favorite movie of his. And I'm not knocking it that bad. I'm still giving it a three. But uh, it just, I don't know. Keep it in your childhood. <laughs> it's much better there. Kyle? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to give this a two. Um First time seeing it, um, I I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a two because I absolutely love the first forty five minutes, the kid adventure film. Um, I didn't really find a lot of points where I was watching and I thought, oh, you know, maybe the, maybe the the dialogue choice was bad. Maybe the story, like how the story progressed for the kids, was bad. Actually, I thought it was it was pretty on point. Like the the problem is like this film is constantly building. As with any kid adventure film, it's always building to this to this point of discovery, and the point of discovery is such a letdown. It like it it killed the rest of the movie for me. It made me not really enjoy it and think, "Wow, this is a memorable movie." Like you could save you could say bad movies with good endings, but like good movies with bad endings, like nothing you really do about it. And then they had like they fuck up with the cherry on top by having that weird cloud floating scene at the end. It's just like. You're not getting a sequel, dude. Like, I don't know why you're trying. But I mean, overall, I thought I thought it was shot well. I thought it was I thought it was written pretty good up until the points that both people have already said is the last thirty minutes. So I mean, but it's still gonna get it only a two for me. I don't know if I'll watch it again. I might see if it gets better, but I don't know. All right, Mike. Um the kid in me wants to give it like a five, uh, but the adult now seeing it is going to give it a three amulets. Um, I'm not going to say it's his worst film. I'm going to give that to Small Soldiers. How dare that, that you? That movie is fantastic. How dare sir. you? That movie sucks. Wrong. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I will say uh, you're right. I agree with everything that everybody says here. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Small Soldiers, uh, is except the for film. Small Soldiers. Um, <laughs> The film really does. The first forty-five minutes of this film is fantastic. It it builds up to something that eventually becomes in a weird. I don't want to say it's disappointing. It's almost like it was meant to be disappointing, but it just doesn't work out. You know, I understand that the kids were supposed to be disappointed. That Ben was supposed to be disappointed. Like, oh, they're not like cool. 
aliens that I see on my sci-fi thing. They're just like us, these stupid kids. Like fucking. But like that's such a depressing ending. That's such a depressing thing. And like also like why would they want to go back to see these fucking aliens? You're right. His jokes are stupid. <laughs> why you would want to go back up into that alien race? They seem like they're just loners that hang around in Earth's atmosphere and just kidnap kids or whatever. I, I just don't understand it. Um, but that's me looking at it as an adult. So, are you rating it as an adult? Or are you rating? I'm it rating as, a as child? an as an adult. Okay, as an adult. Like, um, I think that I, I actually, despite the the uh, special effects that look kind of dated, uh, I still really think it. It has a lot of really cool um, background moments that give a lot to the characters. I think the characters are great, especially Wolfgang. I I, I like that. Wolfgang's fantastic. His his entire house really says everything about what you need to know about him. You know, these experimenting on rats and shit. But yeah, so uh, a three, a three. Here's here's a question for you: Ethan Hawke or Kirsten Dunst? Why did you say Kirsten Dunst? You mean? Who really was it in this movie? No, no, I'm saying who's... <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't even born yet, right? Who's Kirsten more Dunst? of an American sweetheart? River <laughs> Phoenix or Kirsten Dunst? No, no. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Oh, Ethan Hawke. Or Kirsten Dunst. Or Kirsten, I'm gonna go Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Wow, that's probably because she was in Small Soldiers. <laughs> oh, we're going back there again? <laughs> well, you, you, bait, you baited us on that one, and, and, and we took it. So. All right, guys. That's our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on whatever you listen to on iTunes. It's free. It's simple to do. Just hit subscribe, and you'll get our show every week, every Thursday. You don't even have to do anything. It downloads right to you. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at ColdFilm underscore review. You can also follow us on Twitter at ColdFilm underscore review. You can follow us on Facebook, and you can follow Kyle at... You can follow me, ColdFilm underscore Kyle, on Instagram. You can follow Chris at... ColdFilm underscore Chris on Instagram. And you can follow Mike at, at Mike Salustio on Twitter. You can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Remember, guys, uh, if you're going to join the cult, just make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next week. All right, then. Bye-bye. <laughs> he, like, had the final word on his final word. I love it.